Hi everybody. Welcome to our worship. I know that we are gradually, little by little, getting back to normal, but there are still a number of churches, a good number of churches that are not quite at the point of opening yet. And so for as long as that's the case, we'll try to support congregations and those who are responsible for leading worship in this way by providing some online resources. I'm going to lead the prayers today, but I'm delighted to be joined by Leslie Ewing, who will offer our all-age reflection, and by the very Reverend Susan Brown, former moderator and minister at Dorna Cathedral. Susan will be our guest preacher today. So, a treat in store for sure. Thank you for joining, and let us now worship God. Simon Peter, he was a fisherman from Galilee, and a disciple, a true disciple, was what Peter wanted most to be. But this ordinary fellow Jesus chose to choose would struggle with himself to beat the low-down blues. Uh Oh yeah, though Simon Peter blues, they went out sailing. Upon the water While Jesus took a stroll on the sea Pete tried to join him But started sinking Ended up as wet as wet could be Well, Peter learned a lesson On that fateful cruise About those washed up, wrung out, low-down blues Oh, yeah, those Simon Peter blues disowned him, said he never even knew that guy. Rome executed Jesus, the king of the Jews. There's nothing quite so low down as those Good Friday blues. Oh, oh yeah, those bad Good Friday blues.
lifeless body lay alone in the grave. They rolled a great big stone against the mouth of the cave. From Friday afternoon and through the whole next day. Those no good low down blues refused to go away. But on the Sunday, as day was dawning, Pete rushed off to Jesus' tomb. The Lord had risen, and when he saw him, it blew away Pete's fear and gloom. He found new inspiration in the Eastern news, and that's how Peter overcame those low-down blues. No more low-down Simon Peter blues. I say no more low-down Simon Peter blues. No more low down Simon Peter Blues. Loving Lord, Peter really did know the blues. In fact, in those few short years following Jesus, he went through all of the experiences of life the highs and lows, ups and downs the successes and failures. From the mountain top to the valley bottom. It all began on the beach at Galilee when Jesus came and called him and his brother Andrew to follow. And from there all the way to that awful moment of having denied that he even knew Jesus. And yet you, Lord, were not done with Peter. You came to him, assured him of your forgiveness and commissioned him. And so we thank you for Peter. And in thinking about him, we see something of ourselves. For we too, are a mixture of getting it right and messing it up. We too are a mixture of bravery and cowardice. We too are a mixture of wisdom and foolishness. And yet, Lord, as Peter did in response to Jesus' question, do you love me? We too would respond, yes, Lord, you know we love you. And so we pray that you would forgive us our shortcomings, our failures. And that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would assure us of forgiveness. And that in the days to come, you would use us as you use Peter for the building of your church, the establishing of your kingdom. Lord, there are days for singing the blues. And there are days for hallelujahs. Lead us faithfully. In your footsteps we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning everyone. My name is Leslie and I'm a youth and children's worker. My job is to work with all the children and young people who go to Kirkton Church in Kirkluk and with those who live in our community. And this is our church. Where? On a normal Sunday morning, I would be talking to all our little ones and older ones about God and Jesus. And I'm so excited to be here talking with you all today. And if you've been on your Easter holidays from school, I hope you've been having some great fun with your family and your friends. But can I ask you a question? If you have been on holiday these last few weeks, are you missing not being at school? Are you looking forward to going back to school and learning lots and lots of new things? It's been a very, very long time since I went to school. In fact, it's almost 30 years since I left. Wow, I feel super old. Anyway, do you ever find it hard to understand the things that you're supposed to be learning at school? Do you ever think? Nope. I just don't understand that. Well, for me it was algebra. It made absolutely no sense and I always ended up being really confused and not understanding what it was I was meant to be doing. Have you ever tried doing algebra? Have a look at this one. Solve in 40 seconds. That would take me at least 40 hours to solve. And what about when you're trying to learn a different language and you just don't know what someone is trying to tell you? Je ne comprends pas, which is French for I don't understand. And it's not a nice feeling when you don't understand what it is you're supposed to be learning. Can I tell you something else? I can never understand what I'm supposed to be looking at in an optical illusion. I mean, how many legs is this elephant supposed to have? And in case you're wondering, it's four. Sometimes I get a little confused and don't understand some of the things that I read in the Bible. In Psalm 1 it says that a person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither What Ever they do prospers. Like, how is a person like a tree? And what part of them is a fruit and, and they have leaves? I wonder what kind of fruit I'd be made of. Our Bible passage today is all about Jesus' friends not really understanding what was happening and what they were seeing. His friends were all gathered in a room after he had been crucified. And they all believed that Jesus was dead. And they were sad, really, really sad. And they didn't know what to do. And then suddenly, a man appeared in the room with them. It was Jesus, but how could it be him? They had seen what had happened to him. They had watched as he was put in the tomb. How could it possibly be Jesus? They didn't understand what was happening. They were all a little bit confused and a little bit scared. But Jesus talked to them. 
Jesus explained it all to them just like a teacher explains things to you when you're at school and you're not really sure about the hard sum or the tricky question. Or when someone points out what you're meant to be seeing in a picture. Jesus showed them the marks on his hands and on his feet. He let his friends touch him to show that he was really there and he even had his dinner with them. And after he did all of these things, his friends knew, deep in their hearts, they weren't confused anymore and they understood that it really was Jesus, their friend, and he was with them. But Jesus also wanted them to really understand that everything that had happened to him was just how the Bible said it would happen. And God wants us to know all the wonderful things in the Bible and all about Jesus. And even though at times we don't always understand some of the things in the Bible, we can believe them. Because Jesus told us, just like he told his friends, and the most important thing he tells us is just how much he loves us. Take care and stay safe. Bye. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you were walking? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they entered the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight.
they asked each other. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Amen. Peace be with you. Don't just let those words pass you by. Instead, hold them, savour them. Let them swirl around inside your head until they seep down into your heart, into your soul. Peace be with you. Jesus' resurrection appearances all begin with Jesus trying to reassure his friends. First of all, he reassures them that they're not just seeing things. But then Jesus also reassures them that they are still his friends. He doesn't go over their failures. He doesn't go over what they did and they didn't do. Instead, he talks to them and explains things to them. And as he does, he reignites the flame of hope within them. And notice when Jesus says, peace be with you, he is saying it as he stands in the middle of a room full of frightened, confused, uncertain followers. And he offers the phrase, not as a throwaway greeting like, hi, how are you doing? He offers it as a prayerful blessing on his friends so that those friends don't let the past get in the way of the present and so that they don't let all their fears and their worries, all their wild imaginings, so that they don't let these things drown out what really matters. And what really matters is that right there, right then, Jesus is with them, in person, for real. Peace be with you, Jesus says. Hush, be still. Make room to meet me. Make room to listen for my voice. Make room to reach out and touch me and to discover how real I am. Immediately before that appearance of Jesus on Resurrection Day evening, his friends had been gathered together in an upstairs room or a little room. And there they'd been listening to the story of two of their number who had been in Jerusalem and then making their way home to the village of Emmaus. On their way, they've been discussing the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion. They were deep in conversation and didn't notice this person joining them, a stranger. The stranger asked what they were talking about and they explained to him. 
And then the stranger began to open up scripture to them and explain how the things that they had seen and witnessed, the things that Jesus had experienced were actually necessary. The two suddenly found themselves feeling more at ease because of those explanations. And so they they asked the stranger when they got to their home village to come and eat with them. And it was as they shared some bread together that the two realised who was with them. And just as they did, the stranger vanished as quickly as he had appeared. They were left, however, with hearts, we're told, that were burning within them. They were left with a renewed energy and excitement that meant they got up straight away and ran all those miles back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of their friends, of the rest of Jesus' friends, of what had happened. Which is where we picked up the story. Everyone was going over all the sightings of Jesus and trying to work out what it all might mean when Jesus suddenly appeared among them. And Jesus offered his friends the peace that their swimming heads and hearts really needed. But then he realised he had some work to do before that peace could sink in. So he said to everybody there, look at me. Hear the words I speak. Touch me. Give me something to eat. And it's only after Jesus encouraged his followers to grasp how real he is with every sense of their being that he then sits down with them and begins to respond to all their questions and to their confusion and to all their wonderings. For Luke, who wrote this gospel, it is so important that whoever reads or hears his words gets the message that Jesus' appearances after his resurrection are not ghostly appearances, they're real. They are real living flesh and blood moments. Moments that offer a presence so tangible that Jesus is able to transform sadness into joy. He's able to turn disbelief into trust and the despair that people are feeling into hope again. Jesus is a presence so real that he refreshes faith. He renews lives and re-energizes the weary. Hallelujah. And perhaps this is why this story is one that we very much need to hear in Scotland in 2021. This resurrection encounter happens in a wee rented room in Jerusalem with a tiny group of frightened and lost followers who thought that their spiritual dreams were over. Standing with them though, Jesus has other ideas. He announces to the group that the good news of his rising again is going to be preached to all nations. And he tells them that this worldwide rollout is to begin in Jerusalem. In fact, it's to begin in this very room.
Now remember, just a few moments earlier, the fear in that room had been palpable. These people who are with Jesus are no wonder workers. They're no superheroes. They are people who are lost and weary and sore with no real idea of what they should be doing or of how they should do it. They are people with far more questions than they have answers. And yet looking them in the eye, Jesus tells this motley crew that it is through them that the good news is going to be preached to all nations, through them. For now, the believers in Jerusalem are to stay in Jerusalem. They are to wait. But soon, very soon, so Jesus promises, God's Spirit will be poured out upon them. And starting local, they're going to go global with their message of the real and risen Christ. And that Spirit will be poured out on all, on women and on men, on everyone. And to make that happen, what Jesus wants his friends to do is he wants them to work with him and to witness to him. They are to tell Jesus' story. And they're also to live that story, doing as Jesus did. That is, we are to witness to Jesus. We are to tell his story and we're to live it. We are the ones who are to do as Jesus did, which involves us in reaching out to people who are lost and confused and frightened, just as Jesus did. It means searching for those who are hurting and for those too who are suffering. It means walking with the poorest, with those who are looked down on, with those whom others dismiss. It means listening to the people whose voices are not heard, as well as to the cries of the earth itself, because these are the things that Jesus did. It means sharing the peace of Christ and inviting people to look, listen, touch, know, and meet Jesus for themselves. These words all feel so timely as we look to a very different post-COVID future. What we have right now is an opportunity to reorientate our focus as congregations and as a church from what has I been to what could be. This is a chance for us not to go back to what was, but this is a chance for us to reshape the way the church is and to reshape too how we express ourselves as a worshipping, witnessing community committed to Christ and to serving those around us, especially the most vulnerable, and doing all of that in Christ's name and for his sake. And if you think all of that sounds just too big an ask, just think of that little room in Jerusalem with all its scared and lost and frightened followers. Jesus called 
them to spread the good news. And 21 centuries later, that good news is still being preached in every corner of the globe. For the one who rose from the dead, nothing is impossible. We need to live as though we really believe that. We need to live not allowing our fears to stop us from recognizing the risen Christ who is in our very midst and who says to us, as he said on that resurrection day evening, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Amen. I will speak out for those who have no voices. I will stand up for the rights of all the oppressed. I will speak truth and justice. I'll defend the poor and the needy. I will lift up the weak in Jesus' name. I will speak out for those who have no choices. I will cry out for those who live without love. I will show God's compassion to the crushed and broken in spirit. I will lift up the weak in Jesus' name. Almighty and everlasting God, Forgive us if we have sung songs and not taken their meanings into our daily lives. And so in all the days to come, may we each individually and together as a church speak out for those who have no voices. Stand with the oppressed. Speak for truth and justice and defend the poor and the needy. Yes, let us speak out for those who have no choices. Let us cry out for those who live without love. And yes, in this day and all the days to come, let us show God's compassion to the crushed and broken in spirit. Lord, we would be as Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.
now go in peace and may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you and those you love this day and forevermore. Amen. I hope you have been blessed by our worship today. Let me again thank those who took part and those who were behind the scenes bringing things together in the technical sense. We're very grateful. Thank you. Bye for now.